0: Uh, so now uh, we have a choice. Uh, at this point, um, there's a half an hour for walking or, um, or a QA. and uh, a either, either one, whichever is uh, what works best for you in your practice today. So if you'd like to go walking, I welcome you to leave. And uh, if you'd like to stay and ask a question or just uh, be present for the Q&A, um, that's that's fine as well and also um as a reminder you know we record uh, the whole day of practice so if you uh, if you're if you're part of the QA and if you ask a question if you'd prefer not to have that um, recorded I can my husband happens to be the recorder for this day and so we'll just uh, we can just delete the uh, the questions that uh, we're People would rather not have them shared online, so just to let me know. And there's there was just I think still only one question in
1: the uh, in the retreat basket question basket. Um,
0: and uh, you're also welcome to just raise your Zoom hand if you'd like to ask a question. But I'll start with the question that was in the basket. So um <clears throat> the question is and I think I just won't even read the name of the person who asked so that uh so there's confidentiality there when i meditate sometimes my head moves side to side or my body sways without my intention i wonder why and um That's uh, it's not uncommon for that to happen, and uh, there are a couple of different possibilities. um, uh, Several, actually. Um, One is that when when we kind of get deep in meditation, sometimes there's a sort of release in the in the nervous system that allows the body to move or. Causes the body to move, causes the head to move to sway, and often that's associated with deepening concentration. Um, so that can happen, and then there can also be uh, just a kind of release in the in the nervous system that uh, that causes that kind of movement as well. Um, so it's not something you know to assign a lot of. Uh, significance to. It's just a kind of artifact of meditation often that that uh, that this kind of movement happens. And in different traditions, you know, it's given different meanings. But in our tradition, we tend not to give it uh, meaning at all, just to say that it's, it's a kind of natural function of the body. And for some of us, it happens, and for some, it doesn't. It's true for me when I'm Actually, when I get quite concentrated, often my body moves a little bit in a kind of swaying motion, quite rhythmic. So um, don't worry about it, and uh, and don't assign too much significance to it. And if it's enjoyable, you know, just uh, pay attention to it. Don't make it more, uh, don't exacerbate it, you know, don't add to it. Just Just be present to it. Meet it. And then there's another question here. Um, sometimes when I meditate, I'll get more agitated or angry than when I started. Um, what do I have to do? Do I stop meditating? <laughs> Thank you. No, I I wouldn't suggest you stop meditating. Um, I think sometimes, I don't know if you're a new practitioner, um, person who asked this, but um, I think sometimes when we're relatively new to practice, um what happens is that we become aware of things in meditation that were happening all along in our lives that we didn't notice. So, um, when we become quiet, when the mind becomes quiet and mindful, it's not being distracted by all our our daily activities. Then, um, some underlying uh, difficult kinds of emotions can arise. Some kinds of like agitation and anger, that could be, uh, those could be, those could arise. And uh, so that's one possibility. And also, sometimes, um, I think there's a a kind of resistance to actually meditating, there's, uh, maybe there's something we don't want to see that's arising in our mind, or maybe we're just not used to sitting still, and it's, uh, we find it uh, boring and irritating for that reason. And so it's something to be met, that kind of, uh, uh, any kind of arising of emotion um, is something to be met with kindness and with investigation. And uh, um, I don't know if you've heard of the the technique that is often taught in, in relation to working with emotions in meditation. RAIN is uh, one version of it. It stands for Recognize allow or accept investigate and then not identify and the uh the the idea is to recognize what is this that's arising oh it's anger or oh it's agitation and then to um allow it to be there which doesn't mean we approve of it being there it just means that we recognize oh yeah this is what's happening now and okay, this is what's happening now. Here it is. And then investigating it is um, not thinking about it, not analyzing or evaluating, coming to some kind of conclusion about it. It's just keeping the mind and the heart very close to it, feeling into it in the body. What's the effect of this in my body? What's the effect in my mind? Is it generating some kind of uh, thinking? and just being present to it with a kind awareness. Okay, this is what's happening. And then the last step, the um, the end of RAIN is to not, not identify, which means you don't really take it personally, just to recognize that this is something arising due to causes
1: and conditions. It's not within my control. It's not who I am. And then just uh just sit with it and if you are new to practice, I would highly
0: recommend taking a um uh, an introduction to mindfulness class. you know the IMC offers uh, classes really often, um, a series of classes five or six weeks, which goes through um, how to work with all kinds of different aspects of of our mental activity, our heart activity, including
1: emotions that are kind of uh, challenging so i would uh, I would recommend that and so now um, i can I'm open to questions from uh from uh, any of you who'd like to raise your uh, zoom hand and and we'll see if there's anybody. Okay, let me see here. Okay,
0: someone wrote a question in a text. Um, Suggestions for how to how to approach meditation when breathing is uncomfortable. Thank you for asking that. It's a really useful question because for a lot of people, uh, the breath is not a good anchor for meditation. I love it, and a lot of people do love it. Uh, because it's rhythmic and for us it's soothing. But I know for for a lot of people, if you've had trouble with breathing, if you've had some kind of traumatic experience that involved not being able to breathe, all kinds of reasons um, that the breath be, isn't a good anchor for for some. So um, finding something in the body that um, that is uh, that you can pay attention to, another sensation, another aspect of. Uh, sensory experience, like um, sometimes we'll we'll suggest the feeling of your hands in the lap, in your lap, just feeling them. They're there in your lap or on your thighs, wherever you tend to put your hands. And then just keeping uh, your connection to them. So continuing to come back, just the way you'd come back to the breath, if you went off into thought or fantasy or whatever. Um, just coming back to uh, feeling what's there, you know, maybe the warmth. There might be tingling. There might be pulsation, especially as you continue to pay attention. The, uh, the sense of uh, your your hands against the the clothing that is touching, or the skin that is touching on your on your legs, and uh, the, the temperature. Did I mention temperature? <laughs> and that's warmth or coolness. Just recognizing the quality of the sensations that are there that can be really useful um, when when people, often when people do standing meditation, there's a lot of bodily experience to pay attention to the sense of balance, the sense of uh just the uh, what's called proprioception, you know the sense of the body in space that can be. That can be useful to pay attention to. So, standing meditation is a kind of a good alternative. Also, I think if you don't uh, resonate with the breath, um, so you know, different parts of the body are in soles of the feet on the floor, or if you sit in a in a um, cross-legged position on a cushion, then uh, sense of the thighs or the buttocks on the cushion, some place where there's um, solidity. And of course there are other um, other ways of practicing mindfulness meditation um the 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 elements um as they're referred to in uh, in the satipatthana sutta and other suttas, that the sense of solidity sense of flexibility sense of air in the body uh sense of movement all those can be uh, subjects for meditation to just what we're doing of course is we're training our attention to stay mindfulness develops when our attention is able to stay with an object, become more clear. And, uh, and so it, the, what the, what we pay attention to isn't really that important. It's just the training of the mind to stay. That's important. So experiment with parts of the body or, um, uh, if you want to do a four elements meditation, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you could just Google that and there's a, a lot of uh, information about it. And I'm sure there are a lot of guided meditations as well
1: on, on Audio Dharma, on Dharma Seed, and all over on the web. So, hope that's helpful. Anyone else? Michelle, if there are questions in the question basket. Oh, another question? Okay, let's see. Okay. Here we go. Let me see. (laughs) Um, How do I respond? Okay, when I'm sitting in meditation and
0: noticing what comes up, how do I respond to what comes up? Do I investigate in the moment or wait until meditation is over? How do I respond to thoughts about? Work that won't go away. This happens often when I'm meditating. Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, I think our uh, our uh, general guidance is when you're meditating, um, don't think about anything. (laughs) You know, just let it go at the time. What you the way to um, respond to what comes up is just to be aware of it, to know it. Okay, there's a thought about work. A thought about what I should do, maybe at work, something like that, and then just know it as a thought and see if you can just let it go, and if you can't let it go, know that oh, I'm really attached to this thought. I can't stop thinking sometimes, if thinking goes on for a long time, we'll suggest like saying, Okay, stop, I'm not gonna think right now. That's not usually too uh successful <laughs> but um but if all else fails uh that's uh, that's one suggestion. But I but mostly what we what we want to encourage is just knowing what's happening. What's happening is thinking. And um it's not really useful to think. Uh it takes us away from our present moment uh you know moment to moment experience of what's going on in the in the body. It is what's going on in the mind, but if we just know it simply as thinking, that's fine. And then after we've come out of meditation, then that's the appropriate time to, to think about to think about whatever it is we need to think about. And so often when thoughts are um, repetitive, when they won't go away, as you mentioned, they've sometimes thoughts about work won't go away. If they're repetitive thoughts, if they come back often, that often indicates that there is some kind of emotion underneath them, driving them. And so in that case, it's, it's uh, often useful to use that, that uh, RAIN technique that I described, R-A-I-N. And if you're not familiar with that, you can also Google that and uh, there's a lot about it um, on the, on the web. Um, Tara Brock is kind of a, um, an expert in that area. And, and Gil has a similar, um, Gil Fronstall has a similar technique, which is RAFT. It's slightly different, but R A F T. And I would, you could look that up as well and see. They're both, they're really useful um, uh, practices for working with emotions. And often when thoughts are repetitive, when they keep coming back, they have, it's because
1: there is an emotion underneath them that really needs to be uh, investigated. Yeah. I'm a worry person. How can I help not to worry so much? <laughs> I bet there are some people who can uh uh you know resonate with that one. Um I think uh one thing about worry is it doesn't help.
0: <laughs> I think often when we are worriers, we have a sense that if I stop worrying about this, something bad will happen. That somehow worrying is productive, but if we look at it, I think we can recognize it's not, it isn't helpful. It's just, it just keeps the mind in a kind of uh s- spin. Keeps it, It w- when we worry, it generates thoughts that causes to worry more. And then that worry can generate more thoughts. It gets to be like a, A squirrel on one of those wheels just going around and around. Or sometimes we say going down the rabbit hole. Proliferative thought can arise out of worry. So to recognize, A, it's just not useful. And and B, to maybe investigate, not on the cushion, but in daily life, do the things that you worry about, do they actually happen? How often are you accurate in your, in your, you know, prediction of something that's worrying you The prediction that something's going to happen. Um, often. I think when we do that, we find that, uh, that most of what we worry about is not really uh, it's not actually going to happen. Um, so w- working in that way, if you're kind of a chronic worrier is uh is is useful there's a a teacher uh James Barras who teaches at spirit rock and um, he often tells a story about his mother who is a was a real uh worrier just worried all the time and uh and he uh he asked her to do this she wasn't a Buddhist practitioner but he asked her to do this practice um, uh every time she had a worried thought she'd uh, she he asked her to add to it, and I'm really blessed. <laughs> and she began doing that. She would worry, "Oh golly, I think I'm really worried. I'm not going to have enough money to pay that bill." And I'm really blessed. And uh, even though it was just, it was kind of fake, you know, really, but she did it. She did it as a practice, and she said it really had an effect after several weeks or maybe a couple months of of always adding the the opposite actually of worry uh to her thinking it shifted it shifted her thinking and she she began to worry less and less so that's another possible
1: uh, possible kind of antidote to uh to the tendency to worry let's see here someone asked about the online uh,
0: mindfulness class series that's taught by i am see if you go to the i m c website um uh it's pretty easy to find actually maybe hironham i wonder if you could uh if you could yeah, find I'll send it, it to yeah thank you uh-huh that'd be great you post it and then uh somebody else asked, what are your thoughts on doing a personal non guided multi day personal retreat i think that's a if you have a um, an established practice and feel like you have the discipline to stick with it and, uh, and don't need guidance, I think it's a great idea. It's a, it's a really good idea. And often um, people who I know um, and myself <laughs> uh, use um, the uh, a recorded retreat to get some input, you know, when we're doing a self retreat, so you can listen, you can listen to the, the talks that um, one of your favorite teachers gave on a retreat, and kind of that way, you might have a, you develop a theme for your retreat, if you want one, or it's possible just to, uh, just to sit and walk, and sit and walk, and sit and walk, that's possible as well, but I tend to, if I'm doing self retreat, I tend to want to add a little dharma, a little Dharma understanding, a little uh, of the teachings to my retreat. So I'll read something or definitely listen, usually listen to talks uh, by teachers who I really, I really appreciate usually on a theme to keep it uh, going. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's best at first to um, sit retreats where you get guidance from a teacher and you get, you have a structure that kind of holds you, allows you to develop discipline, but then, After you've got that discipline within you, um, go for it. You know, non guided uh, multi day
1: personal retreat is a great thing to do. Any other questions? You did add a couple more in the question, Master. Okay, I'll let me refresh. Let's see if I can. Yeah, someone asked about uncom- uncomfortable physical sensations like legs falling asleep, et cetera,
0: asking should you change position or work through it? Is it your body or is your
1: body trying to distract the mind? I think um, um, that's, a, it's a, that's a great
0: question as well. And it's, um, it's something that you have to kind of develop some experience with in your own practice. Sometimes, um, you're, when you're uncomfortable, it's because you're actually damaging your body, you know, and sometimes it's just what we call meditation pain. And, um, it's, you know, I, I tend not to encourage people to sit through pain, especially if it's, um, uh, you know, if it continues for a long time and,
1: uh, let me just see something here. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and if your legs
0: fall asleep, for example, did you mention that? Yeah, if your legs fall asleep and when you stand up for meditation or um, and begin to move very soon, the sensation comes back. Of course, it's important to stand up carefully if your legs have fallen asleep. Sometimes the muscles don't work so well. And if the sensations dissipate within a a couple of minutes and uh, you start to feel normal, then that's great. But if your legs, if if the sensation doesn't come back, that's a sign you might be pinching a nerve somewhere. And that's definitely not something you want to do. So you just have to kind of experiment and see, am I harming my body or not? We don't have really strong guidance in this in this practice about not moving. It's not like a Zen practice where the, the postures are really, really uh, staying in the posture is a really important part of the practice. Um, we do encourage stillness because stillness of body really is uh, uh, compatible with stillness of mind. It encourages stillness of mind. But if there's um, if there's pain, and there could be damage then it's unlikely that the mind is going to be still so um so changing your position to be more comfortable is fine but uh you know you just have to i think you just have to experiment and see is this really some is this really physical pain that is uh in some way dangerous could i be harming myself or is it what we call meditation pain that somehow just disappears as soon as we Stand up and walk around. Check that out. I hope that's useful. And no, and then uh, someone mentioned that for Tara Brock, the end and rain is for nurture. Yeah, that's right. She has uh, switched it from the original, which was not identify. So recognize, allow, or accept, um, investigate, and then nurture yourself. Offer yourself some uh, meta
1: or compassion for feeling uh, is difficult. Emotion. So let's see. Is there any more? No. Refresh again and see. Oh, I think that's it. Well, I think, you know, we have five minutes until the next sit, which is the final sit of the day. And then I'll,
0: I'll be giving a little uh, Dharma, a little Dharmet after that um, to close out our day. So you might want to take this opportunity to um, refresh, use the bathroom, whatever is necessary. And then we'll, we'll gather at uh, 3.15 California time in uh, four minutes
1: to, uh, to sit again. So thank you. Thank you for your questions. Great questions.